You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this exciting message from Senior Pastor Robin McMillan. Good morning, everybody. So glad you're all here. I appreciate what Andy and the everyone has done to celebrate the birth of Jesus. For those of you who may not know, I'm Robin McMillan. I pastor the church. And um, what I want to do today, I want to make two points that will take me 10 minutes unless I get inspired and then it'll take me eight. <laughs> but they're two ideas. Um, what, what, did it, what does it mean to us that uh, Jesus was basically called Emmanuel, number one? And what was it? that made the shepherds realize profoundly that the way Jesus was born and where he was born was a miraculous sign. So we're going to look at those two things. So I want to look at Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 23, and I think we'll have, a, have an overhead. I'll read this. Um, gosh, just such great verses of Scripture. This was how Jesus, God's anointed one, was born. His mother Mary had promised Joseph to be his wife, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Her fiancé Joseph was a righteous man, full of integrity, and he didn't want to disgrace her. But when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. While he was still debating with himself about what to do, he fell asleep and had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord appeared to him in clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Savior. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Uh, Or it says, you are to name him Jesus or Savior. For he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. This happened so that what the Lord spoke through his prophet would come true. Listen, this is the verse from the prophet. A virgin will be pregnant. She will give birth to a son. And he will be known as Emmanuel, which means in Hebrew, God became one of us. I really like that. Let's say that together. God became one of us. So important. When Joseph awoke from his dream, he did all that the angel of the Lord instructed him to do. He took Mary to be his wife. They refrained from having sex. Well, there you have it. But they refrained from having sex until she gave birth to her son, whom they named Jesus. So this, to me, is what the birth of Jesus means, as he's called Emmanuel. It means God became one of us. I want you to think about your life's experience. That means God knows by experience what it is to be human. That means he knows what it means to hurt. He knows what it feels like to suffer. He knows what it feels like to be betrayed, actually betrayal is one of the most profoundly 
um, painful experiences you can have. He knows what it feels like to lose loved ones. He lost his stepfather, Joseph. He lost John the Baptist. So he knows what it feels like to die. He knows what it feels like to sin. The Bible tells us he became sin for us on the cross. So Emmanuel means God is truly sympathetic to our condition. Oh, God sent us a Savior. That's what Emmanuel means. God became one of us to save us from ourselves. How many of you need to get saved from who you are? Maybe you need to get saved from worrying about what other people think you are. Jesus can do that. God became one of us to save us from our sins, from those things we've done we're ashamed of or those things we've done we should have been ashamed of. He became Emmanuel to save us from our sicknesses. He became Emmanuel to show us in human terms what God is really like. Emmanuel is God's method of saving us. It struck me that Jesus is eternally committed to us. What does that mean? Well, he will never return to whatever it was in eternity before he became a man born of a woman. Now, that's a deeply profound thing to consider because we're not sure what we're saying. But we do know that when he committed himself to be born in the world... He did it forever. It's an amazing way to think. What does Emmanuel mean? It means Jesus became a unique place for us. Emmanuel became the place where the natural and the supernatural realms joined in a permanent, unalterable, unchangeable, immutable, irreversible way. That means he provided a way for us to experience supernatural lifestyle. He became that specific place. That's what it is to be in Christ, is to have Christ living in us in a way that life changes and we experience the powers of the age to come and nothing can keep us from becoming who God has called us to be. Is that good? And his birth was the fulfillment of prophecy. Emmanuel embodied the proof that God keeps his word. He keeps his promises. He can be depended upon. He is the evidence that with God, nothing is impossible. That's, uh, that's who Emmanuel is to us. I like these kids up here this morning. I'll tell you why. This is real life. This is real life. Not that every hair in place, every I dotted, every T crossed, that fake religious place, that controlled environment. Oh, man, that's, that's not what I want. I like the real thing. Now, I want us to, I want us to look at a few verses out of Luke chapter 2, and I'll conclude here in just a moment. Luke 2, 8 through 14, I'll read. This is about the miraculous sign. Some of these footnotes, some of the things I'm going to mention I got from uh, Brian Simmons 
footnotes out of the Gospel of Luke from the Passion Translation. It's really interesting. Familiar verses. That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it is for everyone everywhere. Let's say that. And it is for everyone everywhere. You know, if God didn't forgive, heaven would be empty. It's the only way anybody gets there. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Being justified freely, therefore, through Christ Jesus, we can have peace with God. What a, what a, what good news. You're not stuck. You're the only one that keeps you stuck. You're not stuck. Your confession away, faith away. Okay, I got sidetracked there. Let me see. But verse 11, for today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. The birth of Jesus was to the shepherds a miraculous sign for several reasons. First, the angels told them that this child was the Messiah, and Lord Yahweh, or God himself. This is the most incredible idea. God himself born. The circumstances surrounding his birth and the place where he was born were also miraculous signs to the shepherds. We see that the shepherds were, how many of you remember this great verse, watching over their flocks by night. Those shepherds were priestly shepherds who tended the lambs used for the sacrifices at the temple. The fields near Bethlehem and a place called Migdal Eder, which means watchtower of the flock, are both places specifically identified in the book of Micah as the birthplace of the Messiah. What if the Bible actually tells you the exact location of the birth of Jesus hundreds of years before it ever happened? That's what we find in the book of Micah. Micah 4.8, and you, O tower of the flock. Now, that's that same word, migdal eater. It's, uh, uh, it was the tower built above the flocks where the sacrificial lambs were born and tended to. And you, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you it shall come, even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Micah 5, 2, famous scripture. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you're little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. 
When Jesus was born, the tower of the flock or Migdal Eater contained the birthing stables for pure lambs without spot or bruise. When a lamb like that was born, he would be wrapped in and laying in a manger to protect him from bruising himself or breaking bones and disqualifying himself from being a Passover lamb, which had to be pure without blemish. It was on the lower floor of the watchtower of the flock or Migdal Eater that the birthing of the Passover lambs would take place. Selected ewes that were about to give birth would be brought there. After the birth of the lambs, the priestly shepherds would wrap the lambs in cloth and lay them in mangers lined with soft hay to prevent them from hurting themselves. For Passover lambs must be unblemished with no bruise or broken bone. What about this miracle sign? The miracle sign for these priestly shepherds would be a baby boy lying where the Passover lambs should be in a manger wrapped with strips of cloth. They knew exactly where to look for this child that the angels spoke to them of. By this, the shepherds knew that this child was the true Passover lamb, the one John the Baptist would describe this way. Behold, the lamb of God who takes who takes away the sin of the world. You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.